welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I'm so grateful for what God is doing in our church, having youth conference, over 800 teenagers, lifting up the name of Jesus, so thrilled about what God's doing. And so I'm excited this weekend that we get to really have the momentum of the young people that were here worshiping in this room at all of our campuses and online. So Apple Valley Campus, can we stir it up and welcome everybody that's joining us at a campus, joining us online. Hey, we're believing God's just getting started. God's just getting started. You can go in your Bibles to Psalm 148, and uh, we're going to be there as our main text in the topic that we're sharing around today, and it's, it's, a, it's kind of a relook and reminder of the vision for the year, the vision for the year being 247, Acts chapter 2, verse 47, which is praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord adding to their number day by day, those who are being saved. And today, we're going to be talking about praise. We're going to be talking about praise. So it says this in Psalm 148, praise the Lord. It's a good place to start. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree that it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above the earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. If you haven't caught it yet, we're going to be talking about praising the Lord. And before we get any further, come on, can we lift up a shout of praise wherever you are right now here in this room? Woo! We're going to praise the Lord. We're going to praise the Lord. Title of the message is Made to Praise. Made to Praise. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to open up your word. We believe that as we open up your word, we will see you for who you truly are and have direction for our lives. And so, God, we thank you for this time. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen? Amen. amen. I grew up in a pastor's home, but I grew up in a worship pastor's home. That meant that I was singing all the time. I had no choice but to praise the Lord. I had no choice, but our family was singing all the time, whether it was at home or whether we were at church. We were always praising the Lord. 
If you see the little guy with the bowl cut, I had no choice. Can I sing? Doesn't matter. Take this mic and take the tenor part, son. We're going to praise the Lord. This is the home I grew up in. I was the only six-year-old that could find the tenor part when we were all standing around the piano, you know? It's like, what are we doing? So this is a weird childhood. But I grew up in a great church, and I grew up in a great home, and it was always full of praise. I'll never forget, this is a marking moment for me that I was in my adolescent years, and It was during our Sunday church service, and I was up in the balcony, kind of like this spot where all the teenagers sat, and uh, I was goofing around with my friends during worship, fooling around, distracting them, them distracting me, and all of us distracting everybody else around us. And I know that I was a few hundred feet away from my mom, and I'm pretty sure she was actually playing piano on the worship team. But before I knew it, she was standing right in front of me up in that balcony. And she said, son, why are you not worshiping? Why are you distracting your friends? Why are you goofing around? Right now is the time to worship, son. And I believe that the word that she shared with me right there at that moment is the word that our church needs to hear, that it's time for us to worship. It's time for us to praise. Stop being distracted. No more goofing around. No more just playing games. It's time for us to worship. It's time for us to praise the Lord. What we see in Psalm 148 is really a glimpse and preparation for what we're going to experience in all of eternity. That it's all going to be about praise. It's all going to be about exalting the name of Jesus, praising God as we are in his presence. And a lot of the things that we wonder about and worry about on this side of eternity is not going to occupy any of our mind or thoughts as we get to heaven. And I think it's important and appropriate for us to start thinking that way, thinking heaven-minded, thinking I'm going to praise no matter what's going on. And we see this glimpse into what's happening in heaven as we read Psalm 148. I believe that praise is one of the most significant themes that we see all throughout Scripture. All throughout Scripture, it, it, it proves to us that we were made, we were made to praise. C.S. Lewis says this, we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. Our love and our adoration for God, for who he is, for what he's done, is incomplete and therefore we are unfulfilled until we express in praise our thanks and our gratitude to God. It's part of our being. We were created and made to praise. And so we're gonna look at a few uh, aspects of praise. And the first one is this, that praise is response. Praise is response. God initiated all of the praise. What do I mean? How is that possible? When he reveals himself to us, when we have revelation of who God is, our response is to praise. And as we praise, 
he is even greater revealed to us. It's, it's part of, of, of how we are hardwired and created that when he is revealed to us, we, we have to praise. It should come from the depths of who we are, not from the lyrics on a screen or just the right chord at the right time and when the right worship leaders up here leading the right songs. It comes from the inside out. I love what it says in Ruth chapter 4, verse 14. It says, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. Renowned means to be called out, to be yelled, to be shouted, to be proclaimed. And, and the redeemed are the ones that are to renown. So if we've been redeemed, we, we should from the inside out without even being able to help it. We need to be renowned, the name of Jesus, the glory of God, everything that he's done for us. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I don't know what God's done for me. I'm thinking back to a few weeks ago when Pastor Kirk was talking about sharing your testimony. You might be thinking, I, I don't have much of a testimony. It's like, nope, you were dead in your trespasses, and God brought you back to life. You were destined for an eternity separated from God, and he made a way where there was no way. He has so much for us and has done so much for us. We've been redeemed, and so we need to renown what he's done for us. Proclaim it. Yell it. Shout it. Share it. I believe this, that, that, that true praise has to manifest itself in a physical response. All the Midwestern people just got a little tense. <laughs> I love, I love this from the Archbishop of Canterbury. He was being accused of being a little too emotional. So emotional, I'm just not like that. He said this, if, if, a, movie producers, if, a, if a movie produces laughter, the film is regarded as successful. If a theater tragedy brings people to tears, the production is regarded as touching. If a football match thrills the spectators, the game is reviewed as exciting but if the congregation in church are moved by the glory of God in worship, then the church is accused of emotionalism. We got to worship like our life depends on it. Why? Because our life depends on it. Without what Jesus has done for us, we've got nothing. We've got no hope. So how can we not worship? How can we not praise? There needs to be a physical response. What did Paul say in Romans chapter 12, verse 1? He said that our whole bodies are offered to God, and this is our spiritual act of worship. You mean our spiritual act of worship involves our whole body? Yes. Let's just, let's just talk about raising our hands, because this is the one that it can, it can send you sideways if you're, you don't know. It's like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm for that. I feel like it's a little weird. I watched a YouTube video about people that raise their hands, and it's like, stop getting your theology from YouTube, okay? <laughs> this is not just the charismatic response of a congregation. This is the biblical response of every believer, is to physically respond and lifting your hands specifically. I'm going to, just a couple scriptures here. By the way, if you're a Midwestern person, you're Minnesotan, that's not the right excuse, can I tell you why? Because before you're a Minnesotan, you're a citizen of heaven. You've been bought back. You've been purchased. And that's not just good talk. That's reality. That's biblical truth. We're citizens of heaven. This is what's happening at home. 
Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 41. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. Psalm 63, 4. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Psalm 134, verse 2. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. I've got dozens of these. We only have so much time. Here, here's, here's one specifically uh, for the men. Here we go. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. And there are so many more. But is that enough for us to realize, hey, we got to do something with our bodies. We, I don't yell just because I'm a loud guy, though that's part of it. <laughs> but what has God done in me? What has God done for me? What has God saved me from? What, is, what does his word say is my acceptable response to all of that? I need, I need to worship. I need to, I need to physically lift my hands. I need to do something. I have a concern sometimes is, is that we, we might not be doing those things because we're not so sure if we are all in on this whole relationship. You know, we're holding some things back. It's like the awkward determine the relationship conversation after you've been together for a little bit and it was hot and awesome and now it's grown a little bit cold and the things you used to do you don't do so much anymore because you're not sure that you're all in on this thing. Well, can I remind us that if that's you, Jesus didn't hold anything back from you. He has gone all in by giving his life on the cross. And our acceptable response from the inside out needs to be that we are going to worship. We're going to lift our hands. We're going to shout. We're going to sing. Not just the lyrics on the screen, but everywhere we go, it's going to be a, an active response of praise. Nathan Finocchio says this, our relationship with the Lord is like any other loving relationship. Discover the things that your lover enjoys and do those things. If the Lord is pleased by hands clapped, hands lifted, cymbals clanged, and voices shouted, it's enough reason for me to do it for him. Even if I don't understand it, he's revealed that he is exalted by it. So for the next 30 seconds, we're going to lift up a shout of praise. We're going to lift up our hands. Come on, stand to your feet. Wherever you are right now, stand to your feet. Come on, give God some praise that he deserves. Maybe stir it up in your relationship with him again. Remember what he's done for you. God, you've done more than we could ever ask or imagine. You've lifted us up from where we were. We might not be where we want to be, but we're not where we could be because of you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise. All the praise. You can be seated. I never want to grow tired of that. I never want to get too sophisticated for that. I never want to be so put together that I can't lift up a shout and lift up a hand of praise because of what God has done, what God has done for me. So praise is response. Second is praise is returning. Praise is returning. God's beauty and majesty and glory is revealed as we worship. And as it's revealed, we can't help but worship. It's this vicious, beautiful, heavenly, divine cycle that we never want to get out of. We need to always be perpetually worshiping. We just, we just came out of our, uh, our series talking about financial stewardship. And we, we learned from Pastor Rob that 
God owns it all. We're just the steward. And when we give, we're just returning back to God what is rightfully his. And the same is true with our worship. God is the one that deserves all of it. He's the one that initiated all of it. And so when we praise, we're just returning to God what he rightfully deserves from us. We're returning to him. Praise is returning. It says this in Deuteronomy 10, 21. He is your praise. He is our praise. Nothing else deserves it. It all belongs to him. We're returning it to him. Praise, it it affects our lives, but it doesn't just affect our lives. It affects God, and it affects the enemy as well. It exalts God. It fills us because we know, according to Psalms, that, that he inhabits the praises of his people. So his throne is not somewhere in a temple, but every time that we open up our mouths and praise him, he's inhabiting that space. He's right there in, in that very moment. So it fills us, and it completely destroys the enemy. It completely destroys the enemy. We, we know that the devil, Lucifer, was an angel. And, and some, some believe that, uh, that he was responsible for the worship in heaven before he was kicked out of heaven. And, and whether we definitively know that or not, it doesn't really matter. What we do know is that his responsibility as a heavenly host was to worship with all the other angels singing, holy, holy, holy. But what did he do? He wanted the worship to come to him and not flow through him. And so he was kicked out of heaven. So when we praise God, we are taking away and giving to God the thing the enemy wants the most. He wants worship. He wants praise. So we need to make sure that we are constantly looking up, constantly thinking, God, I praise you. I worship you. Why? Because we want to destroy the enemy's thoughts of any power that he might have. He's already been defeated. And so we can't let any praise go anywhere else other than to God. That's why it's important that we're careful what kind of praise comes to us. It's not a bad thing, but it can be. Uh, Jensen Franklin, one of my favorite preachers, said, you're never more like the devil than when you want all the praise. I think this is one of the problems. I'm not anti-social media guy, but I do think that there is something about social media that we as created beings that were created, made to worship, should not be receiving that much praise. That we were not made for that much praise and adoration. And so I just want to remind us as believers, as, as the church of Jesus Christ, that as things come to us, let them flow through us. Get the praise and glory to God as fast as possible. I believe this that your praise can be a witness to your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers. He's the one that gave you the ability to do whatever it is you're doing. He gave you the, the mind to think creatively, the strength to do the job that you're doing. He's the one that gave that to you. When you, when you get praise, what a powerful time to say, do you know why I'm able to do this? Do you know why I'm able to operate under this kind of pressure? Do you know why my marriage is still good even though there's stress going on? He deserves all the praise because without him, I've got nothing. He's the one that gives me the strength. He's the one that gives me the ideas. He's the one that makes it happen. Let the praise that comes to you flow through you and get it to God. Get it to God. Praise is returning. Praise is returning. And the last last point is this. Praise is resolve. Praise is resolve. 
resolve, the, the, the posture that you take that says, no matter what, I'm going to praise. Come hell or high water, I'm going to praise. I love, I love this passage in, in Psalm 149, verse 6. It says, let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands. Praise is a weapon. There is, there is power in our praise. There is power when we lift up the name of Jesus, when we give a shout, when we lift a hand. There's power in that. It's, it's, it's like the two-edged sword in their hand. And we see examples all throughout Scripture of praise being the weapon of choice. Praise is resolve. I love the resolve of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that weren't going to bow and worship an idol, but we're going to worship God. And they were threatened. They are like, we're going to throw you into this, this furnace. It's not good. We're going to give you another chance. Just say that you will do this. Just, do, just, just bow. Just do the action, you know. Just, just compromise a little bit. And they said, can't do it. I know that our God's going to save us, but even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing down to that because they've got a resolve to worship and to praise God. I think about Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas thrown into prison, tied up, shackled, and what do they do? They start praising God. And what happens when they start praising God? There's an earthquake that takes place, and all the shackles fall off, and not just theirs, but the people around us. There's power in your praise. And you might not think you've got any reason to praise, or maybe you're all praised out, or maybe you're like, I did this last week, but you don't know where your neighbor has been. You don't know what the person sitting next to you is walking through. They might need your praise to break their shackles. They might need your praise to break free from whatever they're walking through. We got to let it out. We got to have a resolve that no matter what I'm walking through, imprisoned, I'm going to praise. I think one of the most powerful examples we see is in 2 Chronicles, and I'm not going to read the whole story, but Judah was being uh, attacked by multiple armies. And the king was like, what do we do? This is, this is impossible. This is terrible. He's crying. He's bit, trying to figure out what to do. And one, of the, one of the prophets says, hey, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Stand firm where you are. The battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. And then what does he do? He commands all the worshipers to dress in their holy garments and go out before the army. And as the worshipers worship, it stirs up the enemy so much that they end up just destroying themselves. There's so much power in your praise. But we need to have a resolve to praise. That no matter what, I'm going to praise. I remember just a few years ago, you know, we've been so blessed, my wife and I. Uh, Nicole and I have been so blessed in so many ways. Uh, and, and haven't walked through certain things. And but then a few years ago, we walked through a very scary time with our daughter where we found a mass in her cheek. And, and maybe you've heard the story, maybe you haven't, but we found a mass in her cheek and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And the doctors started to get real concerned and started to say words like cancer 
And anytime the doctor's saying that, you start to get a little bit nervous. And when you start getting bumped up the line to get MRIs and bumped up the line to get a surgery, you start to get a little bit concerned. And, and I want you to know that God did a miracle, and we praise God for that. But in the time that we were in, the hardest part was just to show up to the fight. And the picture God is giving me is like, If there's a, a boxing ring right in front of you and that's where the fight is, the hardest part is just getting into the ring. But once you get into the ring and you start to worship, the battle is no longer yours. It belongs to the Lord. And he starts to fight on your behalf. And I remember we, we had no more prayers to pray. We had no more words to say. So we would just turn worship on in our house and just sit there and just try to let something out and try to lift a hand. And I, I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt that what was in my daughter's body is no longer in my daughter's body. What was ailing my daughter is no longer ailing my daughter. And it's not because we're awesome and because we pray better prayers than anybody else, but at some point there's got to be a resolve that I'm going to praise. I was made to praise. I've got a resolve to do it. So even if I'm about to get thrown into the fiery furnace, I have a resolve to praise. Even if I get thrown in prison, I've got a resolve to praise. Even if I'm surrounded by an enemy and that's surrounded by another enemy, I'm not afraid because I have a resolve to praise. I've got a resolve to praise. Lord, I pray right now that we as your church would realize what you've created us for is not just to do the things that we do here on earth, but we were created ultimately to bring you praise and bring you glory and bring you honor and to lift up our hands and to lift up our voice and lift up a shout and allow our bodies to be actions and demonstrations of praise and worship unto you. So God, I pray that this year, as we have a year of 247, that we're going to praise, that this year we determine that we will respond in praise. We will resolve it to praise. We will return to you the praise that you deserve. Be glorified in our praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.